0: What's up guys, it's Michael Key, your host of Real Conservative Talk, and like I said yesterday, today is going to feed off of yesterday's episode. Now the first half of it is going to be talking about something else, but I'm going to end it talking about socialism again. I'm doing a series on socialism and trying to convince all the fucking idiots that actually agree with the principles of socialism that it doesn't work. So if you want to say that I'm trying to impose my opinion on other people that don't have the same opinion, then I am. (laughs) So, but you know, it's a free country and and they can think what they want and that's fine. I just think they're stupid for it. No, I'm kidding. You have your own opinion. Look, I am 100% with you having your own opinion. I'm just talking shit but I am doing this series on socialism because I do want to try and convince people that it's not the right idea because I believe it's not the right idea and the whole point of arguing and debating is to convince the other party that you're right and you know it, it's, it's I think it's a healthy thing to have those conversations because you need ideas from both sides you know, we need ideas from the liberal left to realize that they're fucking idiots. <laughs> but, you know, again, they, they say the same thing about me. In fact, I had a person yesterday say that I sounded like I was mental. Because they listened to the podcast, they obviously didn't agree with the stuff I was saying or how I talked, they thought I was very offensive. Which I can be. You know, I... But oh well, you yeah, know I'm not even gonna go down that road. But today I want to start. I want to talk about the debt ceiling. So I actually put a post up on Reddit, and if you haven't gone and followed our subreddit, it is Real Conservative Talk, or it's R slash Real Conservative Talk. It's gonna have that red RCT logo on it. If you don't see that red RCT logo, then it is not me. Or if it's a black Real Conservative Talk sign with red letters, and that is me as well. But usually you're going to see it, that red RCT logo, and that is real conservative talk. We are on Facebook, and we are on Reddit, and we are on Twitter. Now, I don't have – the Twitter just started, and I'm trying to get the YouTube thing up and going. you got to be patient with me on that. We're going to have more videos. I only have one up. I did it uh, the episode the other day, the short one. It's just – it's a lot. There's a lot more that goes into – the YouTube production than what people really think. There's a lot more that goes into the podcast production, but it is a little bit easier. And while I'm not lazy, I'm just not all technically there yet on the filming and the video editing. And I'm a one man team right now. So I need to allocate my resources economically and efficiently to where I can get my message out and grow. And then, you know, just trying to, take one bite at a time with this thing it is growing fast I've been amazed on how fast it's growing I think I've done a decent job marketing I'm going to continue to market it Uh, but you know a lot of it comes from you guys helping me out giving me good ratings sharing the podcast that all means a lot and I appreciate it and we're going to continue to grow and the message is going to continue to be unfiltered and more in-depth but I'm going to start off I'm going to talk about the debt ceiling I put a post up on reddit just seeing what people thought. Now, I only put it in the conservative and Republican subreddits just to see what my like-minded people thought about raising the debt ceiling. And I got the response I think that I was expecting, which is the same response that I have with it. And that response is that we shouldn't do it. Now, I've gone into what raising the debt ceiling means. What that means is we have expenses right now that we've incurred we have stupid ass government programs in place like social security which is the biggest fuck up but it's also the biggest expense incurred that raising the debt ceiling goes towards paying for think about this imagine you go and you buy a car and you take out a loan for the car well a normal person that is willing to take a loan out for a car should know that they're going to have the money coming in to pay for the fucking car. If it's a $500 a month payment, then you know you have $500 a month coming in. That's how you're going to pay for the car over a matter of five years on the loan at whatever interest rate. The problem with the United States of America government is we're going and purchasing a car, taking out a loan for the car, and miscalculating how much money we got coming in to pay for the fucking car. So we can't pay our car payment So we're going to take out another loan stacked up on the top of the current loan that we already have to pay for this car that we already are driving. We're not even buying a new car. That's how you need to think about this. It's not paying. So like that three and a half trillion dollar deal is, has nothing to do with the debt ceiling. New programs have nothing to do with the debt ceiling. It's only old expenses that have already been incurred. And the biggest one is social security. What they're arguing with right now is whether or not we should raise the debt ceiling. Here's what happens if they raise the debt ceiling. If they raise the debt ceiling, then you're going to see the stock market take a dive, at least in the short term, because interest rates on treasuries are going to rise. The government has to issue new debt. For debt securities to be attractive to investors, they have to have a higher interest rate. The higher... The interest rates on treasury securities, which are basically considered the risk-free rate, it's considered a risk-free investment because the United States has yet to default on any of these. The higher it is, the more people will put money into treasuries instead of investing in the stock market because the stock market holds more risk. So think of it as I can go get 2% guaranteed or 3% guaranteed keep up with inflation for the next five years, 10 years, 30 years, whatever it may be, guaranteed. Or I may be able to go invest in the stock market and earn 8%, but I have a the chance of losing 10% on my investment. What are you going to do? Well, the higher the interest rate is on the guaranteed return, or the, the risk-free rate, then the more attractive that becomes to you. And the higher that that rate goes, the more willing you are to pull money out of your risk investments, the ones that actually carry risk, and reallocating it to the risk-free investments. These big funds are looking at that constantly. Discounted cash flow models are based off risk-free rates. So, you know, you got to take that in consideration. Now, that's if they raise the debt ceiling. If they don't, then they have to find out where they're going to get the money from the pay for these other programs. And it could end up in a government shutdown. Now, in a government shutdown, the federal employees still get paid. They just don't get paid like that week. It's delayed to get back paid, whatever. But they still get paid the money they're owed. So don't feel 100% you know, bad or at fault if they're not at work. They still are going to get that money. But there has to come a time where when we do something as... The United States of America, that we actually calculate the decisions we make a lot better than what we've been doing. We put it up to the smartest people in the world to do this math and say, so like this $3.5 trillion deal, right? 10 years from now, we're going to have an argument on raising the fucking debt ceiling again to pay for this. Because the dumbasses that are putting the bill, Ford's trying to get it pass have not properly calculated how they're going to pay for it. They think, oh, we're going to make it up with these tax increases on the rich. No, the fuck they're not. I've already if you haven't listened to my other episodes, I've already gone into why they won't make it up by increasing taxes on the rich. OK, so. Right now you have these people that are, you know, doing the math and are showing us, oh, here's how we're going to pay for this three and a half trillion dollars plus the infrastructure bill, plus all the COVID packages we did. Along with all the shit that we can't pay for. Like we already can't pay for the stuff that's in place that the government has put in place. That's why we have to keep raising the debt and issuing new debt, issuing new debt, keep taking loans out to try and fucking pay for the shit that we're already can't afford but we're going to add another three and a half trillion dollars over here. It's This is what happens when you have people that have never worked in finance or have never uh, run a business themselves or worked in the private sector making these decisions. I think everyone should have that private sector uh, experience before they run for Congress. They should have to, it should be, people that have worked on campaigns should not be allowed to go and run for Congress because it's all they fucking have done. You should have to have pro- private experience. And, and being a lawyer for some big firm as a, as a, uh, uh, intern doesn't count. You gotta be employed, getting paid, doing the fucking job. But. You know, we we consider these economists and these other people the smartest people in the world. Think of these Harvard grads and all that shit that are sitting down and, and coming up with these, you know, economic policies. But then 10 years later, oh, we got to take up more debt to pay for it because it didn't fucking work out the first time. You know, it's common sense. It's fucking common sense. Dave Ramsey preaches this shit. Like... When I first I don't listen to Dave Ramsey, I'm not a date I'm a finance guy, I work in finance, but I'm not a huge Dave Ramsey fan. I think some stuff he says is really good. I think some stuff he says is not that great. But you know, when I first heard him talking about like government debt in the government, I was kind of like, eh, what's he, you know, what's he talking about? When you look at it and now it's all coming together. When you start looking at the debt ceiling, when you start looking at the arguments they're having now, and you read about what the debt ceiling is, it's like, really? you know this guy has been right this whole fucking time when it comes to debt and it's even worse it's not even like on a on a on an individual basis it's on a country basis it's the whole fucking economy that we're putting these fucking plans we're trying we're like pulling shit out of our ass saying we're going to pay for it like this oh it didn't work out let's issue new debt and pay for it that way. And it's just a no, never-ending cycle that devalues the dollar because you're just printing money and you say, well, 60% of Americans on the debt. Yeah, great, that's fine. But that debt still has to be paid back and all we're doing is delaying it. We're paying it back with more and more and more debt. What we should do is just go collect all the fucking money from the countries that we got out of World War II or collect fucking dividends from Japan and South Korea for helping their asses out. And and make them pay it to us. Think about it. What country doesn't owe the United States money? And people say, oh, no one does. Bullshit. Because we fucking liberated France twice. Fucking helped England. Otherwise, they'd be speaking German. All those countries over in Europe would be speaking German if it wasn't for the United States. It may be Russia. Not. And the countries in Asia would be speaking fucking Japanese. It's simple. Thanks to us, they're not. You could make whatever argument you want. We're fucking back-to-back world world champs. I mean, and then we whooped ass in Korea, too. And we should have finished that one, but we didn't. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. These countries actually owe us money, whether you think they owe us their fucking lives, really. You know, but we're we're cool, we're nice. You know, let them get off with it. But we're still continuing to oh, you know, get this debt, and then we're going to allow people to come across the border illegally, and they're now a part of that debt problem because they're a growing social security issue. <sighs> doesn't this frustrate you? How does this not frustrate people? I don't know. You know, people. A lot of people look at it and say, "Well, you know, whatever it is, what it is. You know, it doesn't affect my everyday life. It, it will." It will, these these decisions will eventually trickle down to everyone. That's why you got to catch it up front. That's why you have to be more aware of what is going on. There, It's going to trickle down because these these tax laws they're talking about aren't only going to affect the rich. It's going to affect the poor. In fact, it's going to have more of an effect on the poor people than it will the rich people. It's going to impact the middle class more than it will the rich people. I guarantee you that. In 10 years, you can come back and... and Get all over my ass if I'm wrong, but I know I'm not wrong. It's going to. If they're going to increase taxes, they're going to increase taxes on everyone, no matter what the fuck Joe Biden talks about. Joe Biden don't know what the fuck he's talking about. His economic advisors obviously don't know what the fuck they're talking about. The people in Congress damn sure don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And and it goes both ways. Now, the Republicans have raised the debt ceiling before, too. In fact, I think they've done it more than the Democrats have. So it, it is... It is a bipartisan problem we have when it comes to this. But if you look at conceptually, you know, the the process of, of what they're talking about doing, it's not good. It's not. It's not good on an individual basis. You would never do it yourself. You would never, ever take out more debt to, buy, to pay off another debt. Some people do and they get screwed. Now you'll consolidate it maybe if you get a better interest rate, but Think about it. We're going to be paying debt. If we raise the debt ceiling, we're going to be paying debt off at a higher interest rate than what we we pay right now. The government will. Because interest rates are going to go up. And it's a way, I think, honestly, it's a way that the Fed can have higher interest rates and pull money out of circulation and combat inflation in a in a real short-term sense without having to come out and say, we're raising our target rate. I think it's maybe that's a way that I don't I haven't seen what Powell said about the debt ceiling. I know what Janet Yellen is saying about the debt ceiling. She wants it raised and she's the old she's now the was the head of the Treasury, but uh she used to be the head of the Fed. I don't know what Jerome Powell thinks about it. I'll have to go read about what he's saying. But I think that honestly it's a way that the Fed can maybe combat inflation by Having interest rates raised naturally through the raising the debt ceiling without them having to come out and say we're raising rates. Now the Fed doesn't control Treasury rates, but they can influence it. So I just want to clarify that. Um, uh, you know, but that's that's just my my thought on that whole deal. I think it's stupid. I think that they need to continue trying to find a way that they don't have to raise that debt ceiling, that they can start paying for this stuff, and without raising taxes too. Because they don't need to raise my fucking taxes either. Well, Michael, you can't have both. Bullshit. I can have lower taxes. In fact, I've already talked about that too. Lower the fucking income tax. And you're going to make it up in the consumption tax. I will spend more money if I have more money. It's a simple uh, equation. But they're going to do one or the other. They're probably going to do both. We'll see what happens. Just don't, don't be... Surprised if the stock market does take a short-term hit if they raise the debt ceiling, it may not. Again, I don't know what's going to happen, but that's just you know, logically. I'm just thinking that that's probably the path that we're going down. And we're gonna if we do if they pass three and a half trillion dollars, we're gonna be right back to having the same comp. We're gonna have the same conversation regardless down the road because all they do is keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. That's all they've been doing. We're gonna suspend it. We're gonna suspend it. Yeah, right. You know, we'll fucking talk about it later. We'll we need to address it at some point. It we're it's gonna come calling at some point, and we need to address it. You know, so curious to see what that does. We'll know in the next few days, I guess. I think they probably uh suspend it. I don't think the government will shut down. They'll come up with something. I don't know if they'll raise it right now. They might, but I think it can be suspended until December. That's probably what will happen. I think that's what you'll see happen. Uh, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see, to see where this goes. But I'm going to transition now to the socialism part of this. And, you know, I talked a little bit about, like, some of the basics, you know, and I'm going to stay on the basic part of it today. But when I was doing some research today, I noticed, I was looking up GDP per capita and it gave me it by state. And I didn't know this, but did you know the District of Columbia has a GDP per capita of $200,277? And that's two times higher than number two, which is New York. Two times higher. And I'm pretty sure that D.C. is nothing but like politicians and government stuff and the hood. So you have a very poor population in D.C. and then you have an extremely wealthy population in DC, in D.C. and a lot of them are government employees. That just tells you all the fucking rich people that are working in Washington and how much wealthier they are than the regular people living in Washington, D.C. Like like and, and most of them are Democrats. So they're bitching about the uh, income inequality, and where they live has the largest income inequality. So I just, I just, that's kind of off topic, but I did notice that when I was doing the research. Now, the reason I was looking up GDP per capita, the largest or richest socialist or communist state is China. Now the Chinese economy is not that much smaller than the American economy, however. The U.S. GDP per capita, which is per person or per household, or however you want to break it down, is four times higher than that of China. But the, the overall GDP is not four times greater than China's. But we have four times higher GDP per capita than China. We're around 40,000. They're at 10 now think about that. Their economy is not that much smaller GDP-wise, total GDP-wise, but they have less GDP per capita. So a economic principle or economic system that is supposed to promote equity and equality and they're different, equity and equality are two different things, I'll go on that here in a little bit, Is is has a far greater inequality of income or, or per capita GDP than the United States. Now, how the fuck does that work out? So, you have equity, you have equality. Equality means that everyone is treated equal. Everyone has the same opportunities, which you have here in the United States. Equity is, and this is a big thing with the, uh, when you listen to Kamala Harris, or Kamala, or however the fuck you say her name, uh, she brought this up one time, and this is kind of scary, you know, she's saying, we want to promote equity. Equity is giving, making sure everyone starts with the same amount. Equity is how much you own in your house. You know, the stake that you have. Equality is, you and another person have the same opportunity to go buy a house. Or, or same, you face the same barriers, That everyone else does. Not everyone has the same equity. Everyone should have equality. Equality is a big thing. I believe equality, yes. But not equity. Unfortunately, we're all dealt with different cards. But I think that being dealt different cards is what actually makes us better. If you're going to sit down and play poker. You don't play poker with the rules being everyone gets the same hand. If they did, then everyone would make the same decisions, right? Everyone would follow the same formula. The reason why you play poker is because everyone gets a different hand and you implement strategies based off of the hand that you're dealt to be successful. See, in the real world, not everyone is dealt the same hand of cards. What allows people to prosper is staying in the game, making smart decisions, and implementing a strategy that works for the hand that they're dealt. And having a game that allows you to implement these strategies. These strategies that are implemented or the rules are like barriers to entry. So when it comes to business, your barriers to entry in, in a capitalist society or even in a socialist society, you have six different ones. You have competing businesses, you have market culture, market makeup, Credit and financing, operations and supply chain, and government regulation. In my opinion, government regulation is the largest one because I think that it's the most complicated. And credit and financing is a big one, too. Uh, Competing businesses is large as well. So let me back this up. Competing businesses is like uh, the antitrust laws, not allowing any monopolies. You can get too big and having a a company that controls the entire marketplace is not good for an economy because you need to promote competition. Socialism doesn't promote competition. In fact, it disincentivizes competition. Because the government acts as a monopoly in a socialist and communist state. It tells you what your quotas are. It tells you how you're going to get paid, how much you're going to get paid, all that. It controls everything. That's a, that's a government is a monopoly. We don't have monopolies. We don't allow monopolies in the United States, even though there are companies that you can make an argument are monopolies like Amazon, Microsoft, Google, all them. But they go to court all the time and have all these legal proceedings and get sued all the time because they act as monopoly. It's not good to have monopolies. That's why standard oil was broken, uh, was broken up with the Rockefellers and, and a few others. And Microsoft went through the same thing in, uh, 1999, 98, 2000, around then. They're the last ones, I think, to actually get hit on it. But you have to have competition. You have to allow credit and financing. Credit and financing is allowing people to go borrow money to start a business. Sometimes people need capital. Capital also allows an efficient marketplace. And a more competitive marketplace too but that's a barrier to entry money is a barrier to entry if you don't have money a lot of businesses it's hard to go start money to start like i can't go start my own financial brokerage without money you have to have so much capital to be able to do it because you have to cover all the trades and stuff government regulation also plays into that as well government regulation can be anything from licensing to taxes to legal processes to start the business. Finance is a big one that I use because I work in it, but it's also highly regulated. In fact, it's so regulated it's it's overwhelming and frustrating. You know, I I I I I'm watched over everything I do, how they look at they audit my bank accounts. And so and I'm not saying it's not for good reason, I'm just saying that that but that's a barrier to entry. Getting my series 7 license or my series 65 license, right? That's a barrier to entry the FINRA or the SEC has put these rules in place saying that I need to go have these licenses to show that I'm competent enough to perform the duties that those licenses entail me to perform. And they, they do it that way. And I have to pay to go do that too. Right. So I need a little bit of money and sometimes it's paid for by the company. It depends who you work for. Uh, But you have to be sponsored to, to go take those tests as well. You got to work for someone that is going to sponsor you and hold that license. So there's a lot that goes into it, but that's, a barrier to entry. So, going back to my card game. As far as... You know, if you're playing poker. If everyone has dealt the same hand. Then you can't make the game. So A card, card deck only comes with... Four cards of different suits. For each card. If you give someone two... You know... Two of hearts. Cards. In a deck. Then that... That's you just manipulated the card game. You just pulled another an extra card out of your ass that it doesn't work for the card game to work. It has to be with that exact deck of cards. The same thing with the economy. Unfortunately, not everyone is dealt the same cards, but some people make do with the cards that they're dealt and they're better for it because it comes down to, again, persevering, playing the game properly and being strategically and making the right decisions to be successful. Anyone can work hard and make it in the United States if you put in the work. Now, some people have to do these jobs like working at Wendy's or working at McDonald's. And I'm not saying that that's a bad job to have. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But the people that are also working at McDonald's still have the same opportunities. They may not have the same starting point, but they still are able to, if they want, work their way up and be worth a billion dollars one day. But in a socialist society, you don't have that opportunity. The other thing that a socialist society is going to uh, assume is that the government is not corrupt because the government, like I said prior, is acting as a monopoly. And you can, and you and I both know that the government is corrupt as fuck. The problem with socialism is it sounds good on paper when you read everything and you and you read the Marxist stuff. Like I've been reading the last two days heavily about this stuff. It sounds good, but then you start thinking about the intangibles of it and how it actually works. Okay, if I'm doing this job and I'm getting paid like that. And then you start and you go back and you read just the basic principles of economics. And you're like, oh, this is all going to fall apart. This doesn't work. Fuck this. That's why you see people from Cuba coming over here that vote against dumbasses like Joe Biden or liberals with these communist agendas because they know that shit does not work. These Venezuelans come over here and they know that shit does not work. Japan, East Germany, South Korea, Hong Kong, all of them capitalist states that have benefited from capitalism and some of the most prosperous entities in the world. Venezuela, Zimbabwe, USSR, South Africa. They're all failing because of lack of government leadership, stupid economic decisions, and socialism. Just go read, it doesn't work. Again, I'm going to be talking about this Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about this the next day. It's, it's a series. Or a series, sorry. And I'm going to go more and more in-depth. And I'm going to try and hit on something every day. But it doesn't work, guys. I know I'm preaching to the choir with my audience, but I hope that some of these socialist people, that are that, these social justice warriors, maybe I, I can give a piece of information with enough detail that they look, oh, maybe that'll change your mind. That's my goal. So... You know, it's just people say, oh, well, capitalism exploits the workers. No, it doesn't. It makes their life easier. It allows innovation. Okay. It allows efficiency. And no matter who you, where, what country you live in, you're going to have poor people. Unfortunately, there's some people that just aren't, I hate to say this, but there's some people that just don't have the drive to be successful for one. There's some people that just don't want to do it, that are lazy, that just don't want to do it. There's people in the United States that just are okay with the status quo, and that is fine. That is up to you and your decision. But when you're talking about implementing socialist policies, now you're saying that everyone should be okay with fucking doing that so we can bring these lazy people that don't want to do it up and make the people that want to work hard, we bring them down all to be equal. No, fuck you. All I want is the opportunity. That's all I want. Opportunity is everything. So I'll leave you guys with that. I'll be back on tomorrow. Again, go drop me a rating or you can support the podcast uh, with a monetary contribution. That's up to you, like I always say. But be safe and good night.